I V M. Hey, this is me, and you're listening to our film record show. This is Watcha, and with me in the studio is film critic and writer Ani Guha. Hi, Ani. What's up? What's up? Oh man, what a morning it has been. Can I tell you? I'm so excited. So basically, right now we're recording this literally hours after the Oscars have just been like announced, and so we're really excited. So we decided to record it right now, but it's releasing a little later. So our reactions from the Oscars, Ani, take it away. I loved it. I just. Entirely. I mean, apart from, of course, the one thing we are going to be talking about for yeah. days, which is Sylvester Stallone yeah. not winning for Creed, uh, and Mark Rylance winning instead. Except that one little upset. It was. I mean, the entire Oscar ceremony went to script. It it was just as we had imagined it to mm-hmm. be last week. If you remember, I discussed this aspect of. These four major categories: original, yeah. uh, adapted, editing, and direction, all having strong contenders in each category, and all four of them won in each of those categories. Spotlight won original screenplay, Big Shot won adapted screenplay, Revenant won best director, and that just threw the race wide open. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who are looking at the awards now are looking at the results and saying, "Hey, Mad Max won six, Spotlight just won two, yeah. and it still went on to get best picture." But that's where uh, you know. But that needs a little bit of explaining. Mad Max mm-hmm. was always going to be a strong contender for the technical awards. Yeah, all the design as and we editing, discussed yeah. last week. Yeah. So it did get production design. It did get makeup and hairstyling. Mm-hmm. It did get costume design. I think uh, for best director, we hoped George Miller would win. Sure, more. but but and I think I, I pointed that out that even though Miller mm-hmm. was somebody I would have liked to see win, uh, Inarito was always the favorite. He did. He was, pick but up, I never thought he'd win for the second. In time, I was still sort of apprehensive that he would. Well, he did pick up the the Directors Guild Awards, like we discussed, oh, yes, and uh, and that makes him a strong contender. Yeah. What is most interesting is that a film that gets editing usually goes on to win. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road won editing. Till that point of time, I thought that the awards were going exactly to script, yeah. and I really did feel. Look, uh, we discussed this last week about how if the Big Shot wins both adapted screenplay and editing, yeah. there was no way it would have not won Best Picture. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it it came down to that one. I mean, I have been tweeting about this. I think people <laughs> are sick of me pointing this out. But that best editing award, yeah. which which ironically was presented by Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> I mean, Priyanka (laughs) Chopra went up on that stage and gave probably what people won't even realize was the most important award of the night. I'm so glad she gave away uh, the best uh, editing award and she didn't give away. Why the most important? Because that sort of sealed the fate of the best picture. If, like I said, if Big Shot had won best editing, uh, it certainly would have probably would have won Best Picture. But what Mad Max essentially did was that it didn't itself win Best Picture, yeah. but it ruined another film's chance. Chance of, of winning. Oh, so got that's, it. 
<laughs> so uh, out of all your predictions okay how many of them actually came true look like i even said last week and i've been telling people this that it's pointless to make predictions at the oscars no predictions but your favorite what favorites. i am so glad about is that i have realized this uh, year and i did realize this last year as well is that whenever i go with uh, you know personally whenever i go with a pick which i just feel uh should win yeah it's just i don't know if it's just good fortune or it's just luck chances are that those i think i think the responses that come from the gut and you know which aren't mm. sort of uh, you know weighed in too much and sort of pondered over so for example i just had i just wanted spotlight to win not like i didn't feel that the revenant yeah. or mad max or uh, the big shot were inferior yeah. films I mean like I said Mad Max Fury Road everybody loved that film but Spotlight just had something, something. about it you know it it sort of struck a chord uh so of the 10 categories that we went over yeah. uh animation for inside out we called it yeah. uh documentary amy we called it the two original and adapted screenplays which went to yeah. uh spotlight and big shot respectively we called three of the four actors leonardo dicaprio brie larson alicia vikander we called yeah. the one uh award that sort of went haywire yeah. so to speak was the supporting actor award which i would I'm like in shock when i was like mark rylance really but it's important to point out here let's keep emotion aside okay. let's not take this away from mark rylance he's an outstanding actor Absolutely. and he gave a fantastic performance in bridge of spice what's interesting is that uh, that strong category which had people like mark ruffalo which had tom hardy yeah. which had christian bale I mean I was completely swinging between my love for Sylvester Stallone and the fact that I really thought Mark Ruffalo should probably is the more deserving yeah. deserving winner. That's not to say Mark Rylance wasn't deserving. I think we are all reacting a little bit emotionally right now. Yeah. Uh, and But then at the same time like you said he he did deserve that award and he's pitted against and all of them were so good. No, all five all deserve. Them, yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. You could probably, you know, sort of on some poll Mark Rylance might sort of uh, you know rank higher than a Ruffalo mm-hmm. or a Stallone might rank higher than both of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'm saying that this it's not like it went away to you know it's not something to feel bad about yeah. the only thing is you really feel bad about is what we discussed the fact that a guy was returning 39 years after he was nominated the <laughs> yeah. first time and it's unfortunate wow. and also momentum was with him he had been winning so when you talk about mm-hmm. upsets uh there's a difference between the supporting actor uh, sort of not going the way we thought and the editing not going the way we had thought because mad max winning editing is not an upset it was always no. a contender but yeah. the fact that it snatched it away from the big shot sort of i believe improved spotlight's chances of winning best film because again uh, big shot even won the producers guild award the film that usually wins that wins best picture so this year the oscars have gone against convention in many ways wow. uh, and it's not a bad sign according to me because yeah. it's great that four films fought it out it was a bloody battle this was as bad <laughs> as being mauled by a bear as dicaprio had to obviously experience and yeah and spotlight just came out to be the strongest of them all so well it was the I'm bear happy. that won i'm yeah. glad maybe spotlight was the bear the bear was the one that won The, oh, no. By the way, the the film that won uh, animated uh, short film was was called the Best Story. No, 
Bear story, yeah. Bear story, story, right? Bear story yeah. was was the winner of the. So there was this joke going around. A, yeah. Animated shot. Yes. The, the, and the joke going around was that that was the only bear that would win tonight. Because, oh, because you know, I I don't get this. There was such an anti-revenant sort of, you know, venom spew yeah. being spewed on my Twitter timeline. I think it's got less to do with the fact that people hated revenant and more to do with the fact that. Everybody just wanted Mad Max Fury Road to, to win, win so bad. No, but when it, a spotlight wins, you can't really be upset about it because it's such an honest so, film. It was. You know what? I agree with you. So many people. I have so many people who were hating on Leonardo DiCaprio winning. And I was like, why? No, that's, that's just silly. Whoever those people were. I, Thank I, you look, so much. Look, and I was like, what? Was, He's like, I'm really bummed that he won. No, and I'm like, no, no. what? Like a lot of people are calling this to be similar to when Scorsese won for Departed. Yeah. After having given much better films. While that may be true, while DiCaprio may have given better performances than this one, like the one in The Wolf of Wall Street or even in The Aviator, what we tend to forget is that we should not be comparing with previous years, but comparing with the other nominees in the category. In this year, yes. Was Matt Damon better than Leonardo DiCaprio? No. No. Was Michael Fassbender better than Leonardo DiCaprio? Maybe. But they it were, was, yeah. But, but DiCaprio winning this year has little to them compensating for not giving him the award earlier and more to do with the fact that he was the best actor in that category this year. So, uh, so yeah, I I guess a lot of hates coming the Revenant's way for some reason, but uh, but again, the big win for the Revenant, apart from director and actor, was Emmanuel Lubezki winning cinematography three years in a row. Three years. Well, I don't know if anybody else has done this or not. I seriously doubt a technician winning. I don't think anybody's ever won three awards. uh, For technical. For technical, or I I I'm sure no actor has. Uh, and yeah. and and all three films. Gravity is yeah, is, a, is 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 a space amazing. film. Yeah. Birdman mm-hmm. is a drama. Uh, the Revenant is is a harsher, bleaker yeah. sort of look at life. And all three films are tonally very different from mm-hmm. each other. And for him to have still made all of those films to have mm-hmm. stood out in their respective years, I think Emmanuel Lubezki is the boss. Again, while talking about Lubezki, Morricone getting original score. I mean, here's just... Lubezki is somebody who's been killing it every year. Morricone is somebody who's been waiting in the wings for so many years. Donkey's years? Yeah. So, isn't he the guy that did the good, the bad, and the ugly? Sure. Right? So, he yeah. was essentially the Western, spaghetti Western yeah. expert. Uh, and and Tarantino makes these genre films, right? Of course. So, what is Hateful Eight if not his sort of tribute? And, you know, to, and to for the, me, the huge moment was just literally seeing Quincy... And Ennio on stage, like just like hugging, and I'm like, oh my god, you two giants of music! It just yeah, my brain exploded. No, and I loved the I I even loved watching Quincy in the audience, just responding and reacting yeah. to uh, to Chris Rock's uh, humor. Oh, uh, my god, I love Chris. Rock. Rock. I he he rock star. I'm doing hashtag <laughs> <laughs> rock star. No, but but look, <laughs> uh, we were discussing this again in the earlier in the pre Oscars yeah. episode about how there's not been a memorable host ever since uh, you know your Billy Crystal and Steve Ellen. Martin era and that Ellen was the only one who came sort of close to it Ellen was lovely I loved yeah. Ellen but what this guy has done is that like we 
you know, like we knew he's going to, which is yeah. essentially rewritten his entire script to sort of revolve around the Oscar so white controversy. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I did feel after a point that it was getting too much in the sense that the entire humor was too focused around the Oscar so white controversy. But let's not talk about Chris Rock throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that opening monologue. What, oh what good writing. And it's, it's amazing. He essentially voiced what is entirely true, which is that the conversation should not revolve so much about around how many black actors are getting nominated or not. Mm-hmm. But really look at the fact that there is discrimination across... You know, there's, there was this moment where he said, just give us opportunities. Yes. You he know? was like literally stuttering. Like there was one moment where it would like, I don't think he could even speak for like a second when he said I lo- this. I loved it when he said that this year we got a black Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then of yeah. course he, he compared Leonardo DiCaprio with Jamie Foxx and spoke about how DiCaprio yeah. gets the media spots every year. Yeah. But an actor like Jamie Foxx, I mean, not taking anything away from DiCaprio. Yeah. He was just making a, a very yeah. valid statement where the conversation wasn't so much about whether we win awards or not. Just give us more work. Give us more of a platform to show you what we can do. And then the awards will follow. It's just just natural for that to happen. But while doing that, you know, he spoke about, I love the fact that he spoke about how the actors were divided into male and female and how that didn't make any sense. This guy spoke about racism he spoke about sexism everything he he spoke about so much he spoke about discrimination in everyday life while keeping it funny and i think that opening monologue is surely gonna go viral on youtube the moment it's out people are going to be sharing it watching it re-watching it uh, for for months to come you know like how we now share billy crystal and steve martin and whoopi goldberg sort of monologues from the 90s on youtube uh, this is going to be one of those, you know, most cherished opening monologues in years. He just killed it. He is. And I agree with you. For me, like the biggest highlights was obviously the Chris Rock monologue was going to be shared. Like people are already quoting from it. Like people right. are just like throwing out quotes right. from Chris Rock's like monologue. Another aspect of it was the fact, all the skits. There was a skit where he did like Joy and he did uh, Martian and yeah, the Danish girl with Kevin Hart. I just, it was great. Like what black people in these like, white filled movies sure. I guess but that's also very obvious humor it not, is not but it was still entertaining it. It was great. yeah it was great fun and, and also, uh, well, there was a joke even about Kevin Hart. And he's like, you know what? I'm so glad they gave the job to me because I keep losing all my roles to Kevin Hart. Correct. And pornos take time or something like that. And he said something ridiculous. But also for me, the musical performances. Like, I I was waiting for The weekend. Like, The weekend was, like, my my favorite moment. And I didn't think he would do this, but he reenacted his entire music video on that stage with these women and these very sort of garter belts. And, like, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. And then... Lady Gaga killed it too. And I did not expect Dave Grohl. He did Dave Grohl sang Blackbird, like to the In Memoriam video. Oh, it was lovely. And there's also an In Memoriam joke where he's like the In Memoriam, uh, Chris Rock's like the In Memoriam. This is going to be like... Black people people. walking to the police station, right? No, the black people who got shot by cops on the way to the movies. On the way to the movies. And I was like, boom! 
<laughs> like it was funny, but it was great. I love. I genuinely enjoyed. It was yeah, a that good was show. Very dark humor, which is very apt for this. By the way, setting. he did that too. He went to Compton and he did like interviewed all the people coming out of the cinema, and none of them like there was one woman who had no one black woman had no idea. She's like, "Are you making up?" Like, he's like, "Have you seen British Spies? Have you seen this? Have you seen that?" And she's like, "Are you making these movies up?" And like, yeah. Every one of them had seen Straight Outta Compton. Not one of them had seen. Yeah, but like, that's a statement, right? What right? he's trying to do is that he's saying that the discrimination probably lies on both sides. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about, you know, since you're talking about the fact that he made all these comments on sexism and racism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What's so great about the Oscars and mm-hmm. especially this year is that. Keeping our aside the winners because mm-hmm. really there aren't too many surprises there. Yes, I whooped when Spotlight won because yes, I whooped so too. Happy. And yes, there's I mean of course Leonardo DiCaprio got everybody onto the onto their feet. And yes, there's disappointment about Stallone not winning. But I'm saying that these things matter less so uh, beyond a point because. Because the statements people make at the ceremony, you know, Sam Smith spoke about uh, being LGBT. a gay gay man uh, yeah. in the industry. Inaritu's beautiful quote where he said, "The color of our skin should matter as he little as the about, length of our he hair." He spoke about diversity. Uh, you know, and and Pete Doctor, the director of Inside Out, came out and spoke about you know about dealing with your childhood fears, and he spoke about teen angst, and he spoke about finding creative outlets to become a better human being, and of course that that Leonardo DiCaprio speech. Yeah. We've always wondered what a DiCaprio Oscar acceptance speech would, would sound about. like, and he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's a guy who spoke. I mean, he's obviously been closely associated with the entire climate change sort of movement yeah. and he's he's sort of been you know involved with various organizations and yeah. stuff like that but to be on that platform you know being uh, being on a stage that was that had the world's eyes on it and this is a big moment right huge movie star that video of his acceptance speech is going to be watched by a lot of people and he made sure yeah. that you know he Sort of sneaked in, not just sneak in, but make. Yeah. <laughs> but now, nah, well, it, it was. You got to. It's he, a huge opportunity for he anyone. He made it about that. He he spoke about cherishing what the world uh, gives yeah. you, and he equated that with him winning the Oscar, yeah. and that was outstanding. So I'm saying that's what makes the Oscars so much more enjoyable. The fact that we are sitting together right after the Oscars ended, going over the moments. I mean, the wins and the losses. I mean, those. I still remember Inaritu like. The music starts playing right after two minutes, and Inarita went over it. He was just like, you know what? There's shit. I'm gonna say what I gotta say. But you know, Inarita was being a complete dick in the audience, right? There was this one what? video of 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 him that's been circulated uh, of of what? of this guy who's won a Mad Max award. I forget the category now. Uh, walking across. Uh, you know the aisle to go collect the award, and and the camera sort of moves over about four people sitting uh, across, mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, uh, along the aisle. Inarito being one of them, and he's looking absolutely grumpy and annoyed. <laughs> and Maybe that's just his face. You know, he's very stern looking face. Maybe, but Maybe. it just, it just, uh, yeah, but the, there's, a, there's not a, no, no it's but it is. That, it's just that when the audience claps for somebody and you're just sitting there grumpy, not doing it. I'm saying that it's just poor sportsman spirit. You I know, think wait. by then he had realized because Mad Max was winning, mm-hmm. it won some five, six awards in a row, yeah. right? I think by then he had realized that the Revenant's chances of winning best film had gone down a great deal because look, 
like I keep coming back to it. Mad Max and Revenant had no screenplay nomination. Their best chances were in the technical awards. Yeah. Right. So it really came down to spotlight winning script and Mad Max winning all the technical awards. If the technical awards had gone the Revenant's way mm-hmm. more, apart from just cinematography, if it had won editing, if it had won production design, you know, the momentum sort of builds up. You mm-hmm. can tell which way the Academy is going to vote. And I think by then, and I, I just felt like, I mean, it just seemed like a sort of not cool thing to do. Yeah, but this, this is, okay, so <clears throat> there was a really uh, lovely interview with Eddie Redmayne where he took his mom for a date for one of the awards. I can't remember which right. one. And he talks about how he literally coached his mom because he's like, it's so easy to lose. Like, if you don't get the award, you're like, shit! Yeah. And you know? So he's like, I li- he's like, I literally had to you tell had my to mother to like, you know, don't, like, if I don't get it, like, don't, like, to put your head in your hands or anything. Just like, be, like, happy and clap for the winner. Like, you gotta yeah. be, like, really yeah. stoic. And he did win. And his mother literally had, like, no expression on her. <laughs> face and he's like I trained her so much the that poor thing was like no reaction no reaction well, he won really oh okay I was like can I react now that's like, such oh, a fine. great story it was very sweet but yeah it, it's not but it's not an easy thing for anyone when I mean it, it's a lot of hard work making these movies and I can t- completely understand how difficult it must be like winning or not winning even in getting nominated is amazing so some of the others so we were talking about the lgbt we were talking about interview to talking about the color of your skin even uh i forgot the woman's name but a movie uh that won the best foreign film uh was called uh no that's no Son it was a, no documentary short a girl in the river Correct. it's a pakistani, pakistani movie. movie she also had mentioned that uh the honor killings that happen in pakistan they're going to be ruling correct. like that out of, correct, like, and I was correct. just like wow so no, sure. a lot of these things about film garnering change in the world no also this year the Oscar producers uh, as you would have noticed did away with the acceptance speech being about them thanking everybody they wanted to so they gave them the option of there being a scroll play <gasps> yes I saw that where, too where, they, where they've thanked every, everybody they had to or would have yeah. and just leaving them to just make another statement altogether so exactly. so you don't have to then balance out what you want to say with feeling the need to thank everybody exactly uh, and i think that was a great move it's a great idea how they like ticker tape at the bottom anybody's uh, anybody read the ticker at any point no, of time no one it just went like so, super fast yeah like yeah and i think initially the guys see look it's the first time so the winners would not have been used to it yeah. so it is the first few awards People were also thanking people there whose names are already playing in the scroll. Of course. Losing out and then also minutes. things like mommy, daddy, children and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's like, okay. People, yeah. Look, the point is not that you just completely not <laughs> talk about who you want. Don't thank anyone. But, I'm glad I won. Yay, but you just don't me. feel obliged to like, sort of, oh, damn, I missed my manager. You know, yeah. <laughs> what happened yeah. to Asian? I missed, yeah, that's So true. anyway, the Oscars yeah. are behind us. It's yes. It's been a great ride. Uh, so made excited. discussing the Oscars with you this over this past I month I sound right now like the show is coming to an end and this I know is we're going to we're, we're going home now but I think we should move on to cooler better and newer yeah, stuff so why don't we move on to something right after this break let's do that And we're right back after that break. This is Watcha. I'm May, and we've got Ani, and we're super excited about the Oscars right now. We still are. We still yeah, are. Yeah, I am. I'm loving it. I'm going to go back and watch the weekend's performance again, watch Lady Gaga's performance. I just, you know me, I love my music. I'm yeah. still in shock that Sam Smith 
one. I did not expect that at all. Yeah, and it was probably the poorest Bond song in, in a while. It's not the poorest, but it wasn't well, like... Well, I loved uh, Adele's version of Agree. Spectre. I agree. Hers was better. Okay, we cannot go but back yeah, we go, to we go. Oh my God, This is what happened to us. Or okay. let's... Okay, so uh, no, honey, right. don't drag okay. me into that 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 net, rabbit the Oscar hole. net, yeah, the rabbit hole that is the Oscars. So actually, uh, you have a recommendation, uh, um, one that's in the theaters at the Correct. moment. Correct. So, uh, so I mean, uh, we've always made it very clear, and I'd like to do that again that this yeah. is not a review-based show. This is a recommendation-based show course. where I'm purely talking about stuff that I really love. The good shit, yeah. The good shit. But <laughs> I'm now going to talk about a film I reviewed recently, yeah. and it might sound repetitive but I believe it's interesting so the film's Nirja mm-hmm. which is still playing in theaters the reason I'm bringing it up again is that uh, is that it, it was one of those films that opened kind of small in theaters mm-hmm. when I'm talking about Nirja box office figures I'm not trying to talk about how big a hit it is mm-hmm. sometimes that is a conversation here it is about films finding patronage uh, purely through word of mouth, finding an audience purely through people loving it so much. There's such a good buzz around the film. There is. And it's such a nice film that a movie that you may not really give an op, you know, a chance to on day one or might have doubts about for it yeah. to do well is, I feel, more commendable than a movie opening big and, you know, sort of doing or making a lot of money. It, a, a, a 70, 80 crore for yeah. a film like Nija is probably more valuable than a 250 crore made by a blockbuster that was made on That's a budget. That's true. See, another thing is, see, this is just obviously my personal opinion, uh, which this entire podcast is like you and me and our personal opinions. Yeah. You know, I'm not maybe the biggest Sonam Kapoor fan in, in general and sure, just like in her sure. acting and her, yeah, yeah. her repertoire of any sort and I probably would be least likely to go see Nature, but you know that, that but I was also least likely to go see Akshay Kumar's Airlift but you no, but were like yeah correct so these have been the two best films of the year so far because Sonam has done a very specific kind of a film to this point you mm-hmm. know so she's either done your uh, she's done acted in these sort of multi-star big star films like say a thank you or a players or a or a Prem Ratandhan Payo all were awful films or she's she's played uh, you know very urban characters in films like uh, Aisha or Khub Surat uh, but what's interesting about Neeja is that the film shows that when a director like Ram Madhwani uh, you know gets an actor like Sonam uh, and the work he's gotten out of her, which means that it really comes down to two aspects. The role, which is written by the writer. So yes, the writing, as we always keep harping about yeah, yeah. being the most important aspect of a film and the director and the kind of work he brings out of all his actors. And uh, and I mean, actors have been known to be, to start off, you know, sort of on a rough patch and then getting better with the years. It's too early to say if Sonam has really transformed into this no, entirely, uh, you know, sort of a seasoned performer because that's something that happens over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a start. This is a beginning. Uh, what's also interesting is that in the last three years, every year we've had this one film that has been backed, uh, which has uh, which has a female character in the main lead, mm-hmm. uh, and has you know not 
had the kind of budgets and and marketing strength the kind of big mm-hmm. films do so there was queen in in 2014 there was pico in 2015 and there's nirja this year yeah. all these three films have come in the you know first few months of few weeks of the year but in pico at least there were three major stars you know on the poster yeah. there was bachchan playing a supporting character there was irfan khan and there was dipika who by then had become an extremely dependable box office star yeah. what's so great about queen and nirja being such big hits is that they had purely their two female leads on the poster you know so you are you are yeah. you are you are essentially drawing in audiences purely through content you know you're you're hoping that people come in enough people watch it on a weekend you know bollywood is extremely insecure mm-hmm. about opening weekends today because because a film does not have the kind of shelf life that it did earlier yeah. but uh, so so the whole idea is that you make as much money as you can on the weekend and hope that the weekend you know the momentum exactly. continues but that does not happen a lot of films that open really high or do very well on the opening weekend because they aren't necessarily good films end up still on the losing side by the time the week ends the beauty of anirja and the reason we are discussing this today is that mm-hmm. it's in third week now mm-hmm. it's second week figures were just third week we're meaning we're recording this no like, no, no no i mean yeah. third week while it airs oh uh, we're recording it in, in, in the second week yeah. but but it's irrespective look i am not talking about nirja here purely as a film to watch in theaters right now if you're listening in months weeks years later and haven't yet watched nirja it's still a film worth going to on television or on dvds and if it's still playing in theater in a theater near you and you yeah. haven't watched it go watch it but i'm saying that the second week numbers have held up now these are important things uh, you know uh, we we tend to look at box office in a very myopic manner where we just yeah. tend to look at the final number and speak about how much money it's made how much money it's made for the producer of course that's important yeah. economics is as important to films as story is because if a movie does not make money if a studio does not make money uh it won't have the resources to go on so there is this belief that even the mediocre films need to do well for the good ones to be made which is all fine but what yeah, what what yeah. what i am talking about here is that this kind of a progression in the box office you know sort of uh, uh, points towards towards a tendency for people to sort of want to watch good content and i think that is that is outstanding you know we yeah. tend to sort of underestimate our audiences completely if so you look too. at the I first mean- two months of the year the two mm-hmm. best reviewed and films which have also done well at the box office are elift and nirja aligarh's just come out it's got great reviews and i haven't watched it because i was out of town this week i'm going to watch it very soon so i don't i don't want to comment on the film but it's got great reviews also based on a true story but both elift and nirja are based on true stories now yeah. these are stories which you wouldn't think would be the traditional uh elift is about uh, is about 170000 indians being airlifted out of kuwait and brought back to india nija is about an air hostess who sort of was brave through the entire process of terrorists taking over uh, you know hijacking a flight and then the and and then the things she did to save the lives of as many people as she could yeah. now these are not stories that we see in films every week 
we are not going to be getting films that good every week that's just a silly stupid mm. uh, uh you know idealistic or uh, maybe you could no i mean look at hollywood look at the look at look at the shit hollywood churns throughout the year we talk about the spotlights yeah, i love gary marshall no. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the spotlights the big shots yeah. uh you know I these know. films get spoken about the revenants only during oscar time because because throughout the year they are making movies which are catering to a certain fast uh fast 6 fast 7 <laughs> was the highest grossing film of last year i believe i think oh it it God. grossed higher than even jurassic world i might be wrong about that but i know for a fact that the seventh uh fast and furious film is among the top 5 highest grosses of all time it's disgusting crappiest fast <laughs> yeah. crappiest movie no but why is it disgusting i mean <laughs> i may not like it but if it's catering to a certain audience if there is if there are people who are taking joy out of that film enough i like the first one so I had to watch Triple X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I you know there is this entire because because I review films there is this entire mm. belief that uh, you know for example that I don't like commercial stuff that's not true at all. Yeah. Give me good commercial stuff and I'll, I'll I don't even know you I thought you actually do like commercial stuff. No, I but that was I, your but jam. I like I like good films. I mean throughout the year if you look at last year what mm-hmm. was interesting about last year is that you had a Piku which was a commercial hit by the way. It was a it was a box office hit. It made money for its producers. You had a Talwar which maybe did not make so much money for its producers but it was a great film. You had Dam Laga Ke Haisha another small film that uh, you know sort of uh, you know it didn't do great business but it did good business for the kind of budget and the kind of marketing push it got then there was nh10 so you are now bollywood is now making everything and you had a bajrangi bhaijaan which made 300 crores and it wasn't the most awful salman khan film either so so the <laughs> No it wasn't Sorry. I mean Kabir Khan at the end of the day managed to tell a story so the point is and and that's something that has continued with Elif this year uh, will hopefully continue with Fan later this year the Shah Rukh Khan film is that when a director makes a film with a big star he can choose to make the crappiest film and and we got the example of the best finest example of that last year itself salman khan had two films one was prem ratan dhan payo made by suraj barjatia crappy film did great business on the on the weekend and then just crashed uh by the time the week ended because even for the audiences they have good taste you know so they might yeah. go into watch a stars film because they are in love with the guy yeah. but if it's not a good film it's not going to stay in theaters for long a bajrangi bhaijaan same star uh released uh, again during during uh during a holiday weekend does 300 crores plus because after getting that big push after opening big there is still enough praise for the film for it to go on for a long amount of time yeah. So that's what I'm trying to get at. For me it's not about whether a film is commercial, indie. It good films are liked by critics, are liked by audiences. They they make money at the box office. Sometimes unfortunately some good films do not make money at the box office because there's sometimes they've got limitations. There's no, the word does not go out. What's great about Neeja doing so well at the box office is that it comes with the with with an actor who carries a certain kind of baggage with her yeah, because of her past true. work. It comes with the fact that uh, you know uh, the trailers were not creating the kind of buzz you expected it to create mm-hmm. or hoped for it to create. 
but but it's just taken off purely on content uh doing well at the box office and then you've got an airlift which which is the opposite of neeja by the way because it's got a massive star on the poster yeah. you've got akshay kumar it's got a People much love him. yeah and it's got a bigger budget because it's a period i mean uh, of course neeja is a period setting a period film as well mm. but this one you know is probably bigger in scale airlift mm. i mean and uh, and both films i mean you've got an example of a com- both are extremely commercial films mm. but but you've got something that's slightly more commercial than the other yeah. and they're both doing well so one opens really well at the box office and continues to do good business for weeks the other opens poorly at the box office but then continues to do strong business at and you know at the yeah. box office uh, and again i'm just trying to equate this business with the fact that when good films come out uh they do well and and that's great it's a very good time to be uh you know i'm so glad masti sade tanked uh, <laughs> i'm glad kapoor and amtri look it's not like it's no, not I agree look it's not like we hated against a genre or anything of no, that no, i no. i really wish we could make a f- kickass sex comedy i want to see a really funny sex yeah. comedy but these were shit films uh mm-hmm. purely sort of you know wanting to uh, yeah. capitalize on you know the 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 sex factor and the fact that sunny leone was attached to one of them mm-hmm. and and the fact that they were just so heavily marketed and people were just shouting for roof, from rooftops about how people you know should come in and watch the film indian audiences are a smart lot or at least they've become smart over yeah. over the last few weeks uh, sorry not weeks please don't offend people yeah. come no on. it become a smart a lot over over the last couple of years yeah. or maybe slightly longer than that because and it's got less to do let's not blame audiences here it's got to do with the fact that filmmakers today are taking risks Uh, yeah, studios absolutely. today are making a film like Nirja mm-hmm. uh, and Airlift, and I think that's great. And I think that's the healthy mix that Bollywood should keep working towards, mm-hmm. where we should not. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I really hope that we make you know sort of great indie films and and we we make your big budget blockbusters. Hollywood does it; they make mm-hmm. the Avengers in the same year. Uh, I mean, they made Inception the same year Social Network came out. You know, yeah. like I mean, different budgets. different scales all of that i we should be making those films as well but we should strive towards trying to not stick to you know our comfort zones yeah. because because the audiences have shown that they are ready for you know to be tried and tested and maybe you you know you might go wrong uh with a film that uh, that may try to be a little bit too experimental but mm-hmm. that's fine at least uh, at, at least some films have shown neerja being prime example that that if you do take a risk it pays off absolutely i just wanted to point out just one thing which was that one of the actors from neerja who i absolutely i know you're going to talk about who all the girls have been talking about him and the boys yes Jim Sarp. Yeah. So I actually he's a brilliant theater actor from Correct. Bombay and I saw was, him in He was he was in Forbes's 30 under 30 list wow. last year. You didn't know that, did you? No, I did not. So I have actually seen him in two plays where I thought he was amazing. One was uh, Merchant of Venice and the other one was Cock and both of them Yeah. 
were he is an outstanding actor and he deserved a huge role like he just does he so i had no clue about jim saab cuz i had not seen him in, seen him in any of the plays that he had He's done amazing. and uh, and i watched the film and i remember after watching the film while i was writing my review of it mm-hmm. i wanted to figure out who the actor was so i sent out a message to a couple of friends trying to figure out what's his name uh because uh, because i mean you know the other actors but you don't always know these new actors yeah. because because they've not been publicized and i went to the imdb page and he was not listed on it what yeah i mean because it Ridiculous. was a premature imdb page right yeah. you just put our names of four actors and just the director and the writer and it's a page Sad. uh and then i found out jim saab so then i went searching for his previous work and found out that he was on forbes's 30 under 30 yeah. which shows that it's not just neerja that he's i mean he's breaking out in a big way with neerja but he's got strong work behind him Absolutely. uh to sort of for him to have deserved to have gotten the role and then now he's making the most of it i, I know. Uh, the, you know we need actors like that as diverse and as sort of uh, you know who who sort of uh, can do different roles and he has this real nice thing about him there's this charming personality that he has that even while he plays Uh, a dreaded terrorist yeah. uh you know he he does it so it he does so in a charming manner yeah. so yeah he's an actor i would love to see the work of in future absolutely shout out to jim so you know what um your big recommendation for this week was nija we also got super excited about the oscars we probably will continue to get excited about this for like the next couple of episodes yeah. but yeah we'll be back every week every monday this is aniguhan me signing out watch out watch out